Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day presented by Turna Tennis. We can't all be professional players. We can't all have seven, eight new rackets to play with in each and every match we compete, but we can treat ourselves to the best equipment in the game. We can ensure that we have the equipment that will maximize our performance whenever we step onto the court, and that, my friends, is where our friends at Turna Tennis come in. They offer the best grip in the business. It's performance in hot and humid conditions unmatched. It's the only grip that gets tackier when you sweat. And of course, it's easily identified that iconic trademark blue color can be seen on the rackets of hundreds of touring pros. And it can be seen on your racket as soon as tomorrow. If you contact our friends at Turna Tennis, you can email them at sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. You mentioned we here at Cracked Racket sent you not only will they hook you up with discounted college pricing, they'll hook you up with some free samples as well, treat you like family, which is all we can ask for here from our friends. Of course, we are so grateful for the continued support we get from our friends at Turn of Tennis. The least we can do, ask you to support them as well. Contact sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. With that said, it's the Wimbledon finale of our GSP Ace of the Day segment. It was a successful fortnight here on the show. You look heading into the final day, the gentleman singles final. We have 27 victories, 20 losses, two outstanding bets. So again, 27, 20, and 2 overall, up 11.18 units. The guarantee sheet is coming through. I'm doing the math of my aces of the day for today. Even if we lose all of them, we are still going to end up in the positives. And that was my promise to you. And did we make millions of dollars? Are we up 200 units? No. But whenever you're doing this, of course, it's better to be in the positives than the negatives. And you prorate this out over the, what, 40-week season. If we're gaining, you know, 16 or 14 to, you know, 12 to 14, we'll say, because I'm hoping these bets come through tomorrow. And we still have outstanding bets on Djokovic 5 to 4. I'll get into all of that. But the point being, if we can do this every two weeks throughout the course of the season, we will have put some serious coin in our pockets by the end of the year. So again, 27, 20, and 2 overall heading into our final day. That's on the back of a 4-1-1 performance up 3.19 units overall on Saturday, the ladies singles final. We had Ashley Barty to take both the first set and the match at minus 125. She did exactly that. It was a fantastic match. And of course, I recapped the ladies singles final on the mini break podcast. So if you're looking for that sort of content, hop on over there. But her victory first set and the match gave us a 0.4 yield in terms of units. The match also goes over two and a half sets and we weren't sure it was going to when Barty was up a set and a break when she won the first 14 points of the match we all thought okay maybe this is blowout city but no Carolina Pliskova found that second wind was able to
to fight back. Plus 145 on that over two and a half sets, 0.5 units to win 0.72. Excuse me. That one delivers the goods. We also had some futures bets and some previous bets materialized. We had a parlay. Barty for today's final. Berrettini for yesterday's semifinal. Minus 103. One unit to win .97. That one ends up in the winner's circle. And then after the uh, round of 16, we took Barty to win the tournament. Plus 210. One unit to win 2.1 unit. That's a victory as well. Now, we did have a slight hedge. Just in case Carolina Pliskova got over the finish line and she almost did. Felt like, you know, she did have a break point, three, uh, five, three, Barty serving for the match in that third set, but ultimately that one, that hedge does not come through. Again, we could have been up 4.19 units, or we could have lost all of the Barty bets and perhaps stemmed our losses. I think that hedge was worthwhile. Nevertheless, it puts us down a unit, 3.19 up overall for the day instead of 4.19, 4, 1, and 1 overall. The bet that is still alive, we party, parlayed the Barty money line minus 240 with Djokovic minus 149, one unit to win 0.67, just to give ourselves a few more hedging options heading into this final day. But with that in mind, again, we are 27-20-2 overall, up 11.18 units. They say you're not an expert unless you're winning 60% of your bets. We have a couple of aces on the line here on Sunday. With that in mind, here are my picks for my GSP aces of the day. Let's start with the prop bets. And in fact, what we're going to be doing on this podcast in general is previewing tomorrow's men's final because all of that factors into the wagers we're going to make. All of that factors into the ultimate prediction I want to make here on the show. Of course, you look overall in this gentleman's singles final, top seed Novak Djokovic taking on number seven seed Matteo Berrettini. Let's start in the obvious place. Novak Djokovic, comfortable favorite entering tomorrow's final. You look at the match money line, he's minus 550, Berrettini plus 395. Of course, we were wise at the beginning of the tournament. We took Djokovic at minus 125 to win the event. Why did we do that? Because he hasn't lost at a Grand Slam here in 2021. He was the winner of the Australian Open, beat Berrettini, fantastic four-set match, also beats Nadal, Tsitsipas in five to win the French Open. You look for him here at this 2021 Wimbledon. He's dropped precisely one set on his way to the final in his six victories. That first set was the very first set of the tournament. He loses it to Drac Draper 6-4. Since then, it's been straight sets the rest of the way. He's only been pushed to a tiebreaker twice. Was the third set of the Dennis Kudla match. I actually thought Djokovic had to play his best tennis. That's how well Kudla was playing on this surface. And so that was one instance, I'd say, of him playing his best. The other where he didn't have to play his best, or I would say he didn't, not that he didn't have to, he didn't play his best, but it required maximum effort for him to get through, maximum exertion, whatever he had in the tank, was in his semifinal match against Denis Shapovalov, a 7-6, 7-5, 7-5 win. Now, it's worth noting, Shapovalov came firing, came out firing in the first set and a half. I believe through uh, the halfway through that second set, he had lost a total of four points on his first serve, was going big with that ball, and then playing big first strike, just was going down swinging, playing on his terms, wasn't going to try and out-rally, out-physical Novak Djokovic, because regardless of the surface, we all know that's never going to happen 
but you look for Novak Djokovic. What has him at this point of the tournament dropping only one set? Obviously, the fact that he is Novak freaking Djokovic, but a lot of it's been on the back of his first serve. And you look at the stats for this Wimbledon. Novak Djokovic, 279 for 327 on his first serve. That's an 85% win percentage on first serve points. That's best in the tournament regardless of how many matches you've played. Better than Bublik, Query, Zverev, who will round out your top four. Berrettini's fifth at 82%, and we'll get back to that because Matteo Berrettini has been excellent. I would say he's one of the—he's an elite server now on the ATP Tour. It's what has him— comfortably in the top 10 of the ATP rankings, but this is the scariest part if you're playing Novak Djokovic. You look at the numbers for him this season compared to his career averages. His you know, uh, first serve win percentage, 73.7. That's above his career average. You look at his second serve win percentage, 55.3. That's right at his career average. He's winning 67.4% of his serving points. That is above his career average. And then, you know, as a returner, he's still breaking 36% of the time. That's second highest number in his career, trailing only his 2011 season and where he won what his first 38 matches or whatever it was and he's winning 43.9% of his return points again that's the second highest number of his career tied with 2015 trailing only 2011 statistically this Novak Djokovic is still playing close to his best tennis and I think the eye test reflects that much we all saw Djokovic knock off Nadal in that semifinal at Roland Garros summon Perhaps as close, if not his very best tennis in that moment. He's 34 years old, and he is the prohibitive favorite not just to win this event, but to win all four Grand Slams in a single calendar year. He's going to be the favorite entering the Olympics as well. It's the one thing missing from his resume, a gold medal in singles at the Olympics. Again, the metrics suggest it. The eye test suggests it. Certainly, these next-geners trying to still solidify themselves at the majors and Djokovic taking advantage of that window. But Novak Djokovic is the best player in the world. Everything suggests as much. He's one of six men to be top 15 in both hold and break percentage. It's Djokovic, Nadal, Medvedev, Zverev, Rublev. Excuse me, one of five men because those are your five. He is currently number one in overall ELO, number one in 2021 ELO. You want to get more specific right now. Novak Djokovic currently 11th in hold percentage, currently third in break percentage. Yeah, that's your number one player in the world, folks. I think all of the metrics speak for themselves. He's returning the ball uh, so cleanly and just, again, he's holding serve at rates he hasn't held serve at before. And that's been the, the new piece added to this version of Novak Djokovic. It's very you know, I, I'm a big Bill Simmons fan. He once wrote about the different uh, iterations of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan 1.0, the supreme athlete when he first comes out, you know, early, throughout the 80s and before he wins his first championship. And then it's Michael Jordan 2.0, which is probably the greatest athlete of all time. Or, or 2.0, I suppose, is that late 80s, early 90s where he's kind of figuring it out and he starts to add the strength. And then Jordan 3.0 is the peak, the first three-peat. Jordan 4.0, he comes back. He's this new physical presence. He kind of figures it out with his mind, and it's 96 to 98, and he can still sort of reach that 91 to 93 prime physically in the biggest moments, but it's more about pacing himself and picking the right spots throughout the course of the game and just when the moment rises, making the clutch play. That's this version of Novak Djokovic. Is he still tracking down every ball on every point, extending shots, two, three, four extra shots? No, he doesn't 
doesn't do that anymore. He is much more efficient with his play. That first serve, much more effective. Playing first strike, more effective, more comfortable moving forward to the net. And then, of course, he's still got that gear when he needs it of track down a million balls and go into wall mode where, hey, I'm not winning. And if you think you can hit the ball by me, congrats to you. But that's what you're going to have to do to beat me over the course of four hours. And I mean, he's aware of the history he's chasing. Not only on Sunday does he have the opportunity to win his third slam of the season. He's got the chance to tie Federer and Nadal with his 20th singles major of his career. He's got the opportunity to keep that, you know, grant and the four slams and an Olympic medal, the golden slam, whatever it's called, the vernacular, unclear, changes every day. But all of that's in play for him. He's well aware of that. And you look for Novak Djokovic in his career. This is, by the way, his 30th Grand Slam final. I believe that trails only Federer. 30th. He's 19 and 10 in them. And I mean, you know, you look at the losses. They've been to Nadal, Murray, Stan, and Federer. Those are the only players he's lost to in Grand Slam finals. Those are four of the five defining players of the past 15 years of men's tennis. It's just... It's silly. Every metric, every eye test, every everything. He's also 2-0 against Berrettini. Obviously just beat him in the Roland Garros quarterfinals, beat him in the Tour Finals 2019. Now they've never played on a grass court, but on that indoor hard courts 2019, Djokovic did beat Berrettini 2-1. Of course, that was a very different Matteo Berrettini, and that gets us to his side of the equation. You guys have all heard these numbers because I've been heavy on Berrettini here down the home stretch of this 2021 Wimbledon. And the reason why is because he's now 40-11 in his last 52 weeks. He's winning 78% of his matches. And look, he's 25 years old. Certainly, this is what the prime of a career looks like. Two titles and three finals. He's made the fourth round of every Grand Slam this season. He's now made quarterfinals at back-to-back slams. He won a title at Queens Club in the run-up to this Wimbledon. You look for him now in his career. Matteo Berrettini, an exceptional 27-6 and on grass courts. He's won multiple titles. Stuttgart 2019, Queens Club uh, 2021. He's, you know, made the round of 16 here in 2019, his breakthrough season for him. He's dropped, I believe, uh, now two sets, one in each of his last two matches, but two sets total for the tournament. And, you know, against Hubie Hercats, he did not have his serve broken in his 6-3-6 love, 6-7-6-4 victory. And of course, Look, for Matteo Berrettini, uh, you look for him now, again, at the slams. He's made round of 16 at all three this year, round of 16 at four of the last five, round of 16 as well at five of the last eight. Um, Yeah. He's been really freaking consistent at the slams over these past two and a half, three seasons. And you look for Matteo Berrettini, what has him elite? It's that serve. He's third in hold percentage on the ATP Tour, 90.3% over the last 52 weeks. You guys have all heard me say this, but guess who that club is with? John Isner and Milos Raonic. Those are your three players on the ATP Tour who hold serve over 90% of the time. That are the Those are the elite servers. Those are the guys every other server is chasing. They're automatic. And for Matteo Berrettini, it's different than those other two. He does it with the big serve. And then one of the heaviest forehands on the ATP Tour. And if he can set his feet, it doesn't matter if it's a clay court where he's won ATP titles. It doesn't matter if it's a grass court where, as mentioned, he's won ATP titles. It doesn't matter if it's a hard court where... He's made a U.S. Open semifinal. That forehand, the weight of it, the power tennis he can play, the decisiveness with which he hits it, 
His match is now on his terms when he has the opportunity to set his feet, hit forehands, and that backhand has become more and more effective over the past few seasons. And for those who haven't watched him, you're going to see a lot of sliced backhands tomorrow. That's something Matteo Bertini is far more comfortable doing. That said, if you watch the Hercots match when he was pressured with pace, with depth on that side, he is far more comfortable swinging through that ball with two hands and with topspin than he was even as recently as 2019. He has gotten better off of that wing. It's less of a liability. He's usually going to put that return in play. And then for a guy who's 6'6", closer to 200 pounds probably than you think I'd argue he's probably in the one he's probably around 190 but he moves extraordinarily well fantastic first step so disciplined with his footwork because it requires that discipline when you're trying to run around the ball find as many forehands as he does and then again there's a power quantity to Matteo Berrettini he plays on his terms and we saw it in the semifinal against Djokovic at the French Open a match Djokovic won 6-3-6-2-6-7-7-5 First set, Berrettini had opportunities to break, and he was holding serve early in that set, keeping pace with Djokovic. Third set, fourth set, it was on Matteo Berrettini's racket. He was hitting serves, again, both of them. You look for Berrettini in the match, he wins 71% of his first serve points for Djokovic in the match. He won 77. It was a serve fest. It absolutely was. And, you know, again, Novak Djokovic not broken in that match, but... You look for Matteo Berrettini down the home stretch. He was broken once, and he just—it didn't matter in the games he got close to breaking Djokovic, or in the games where Djokovic had some momentum, a love thirty lead after he gets a good stick on a couple of uh, returns, and just is able to build it. Because Matteo Berrettini's serve can erase deficits in his service games so quickly—a quick ace or a serve—you barely get your racket on. Then he's got an easy plus one forehand, and even if it's a difficult plus one forehand, he can put that ball away. Matteo Berrettini is playing confident tennis and of course I already gave you the grass court record 27 and 6 now overall in his career on this surface you look for him that is an 82% win percentage the best he has on any surface his serve he wins 82% of his first serve points on grass that's you know uh, I believe 3% higher than uh, 4% higher than his career average he holds serve 90% of the time that's 3% higher than his career average this surface amplifies all of his skills the big serve the big forehand, a willingness to move forward, that slice knifes through the court. He can play drop shot as well. He's got good hands at the net. I wouldn't call him an exceptional volleyer. I would call him a good volleyer. Some of them, uh, some of these young players like Sebastian Corda, I would say he knows where to be. He knows what to do. He's a fine volleyer. Matteo Berrettini, same deal. He knows what to, where to be. He knows what to do. But unlike fine, I would say he's a good volleyer at this point. If you give him the first volley and there's open court, he's going to make it 95% of the time. Stick it to the open court at the very minimum force you to hit a very difficult on-the-run passing shot. Of course, Novak Djokovic is the one player in history who can hit those on-the-run difficult passing shots with any semblance of consistency. But again, all of the advanced metrics for Matteo Berrettini, you look for him this season. He is His ace percentage, 13.3%. That's the career high for him over his 11.2 ace percentage for his career. His double faults, correspondingly, down to 1.8% rate double fault. That's the lowest number of his career. He's winning 80.4% of his first serve points. That's 0.2% behind 2020. Uh, he's winning 53% of his second serve points, 71% of his uh, service points overall. Again, 
those are half percentage points behind his 2020 numbers. And then the big thing, his break percentage for the first time in his career over the 20% threshold. He's at 22.7, winning 37.9% of his return points. Those numbers are good for 32nd and 36th, respectively, amongst top 50 players on the ATP Tour, significantly higher than where Rayonic and Isner are. And again, he's become more and more dynamic as a returner, able to get the point back to neutral. And the problem is you can't stay at neutral with Matteo Berrettini because he is going to find a forehand and turn neutral into aggressive offense. And, you know, that's another big thing. When you're playing Novak Djokovic, you have to go down swinging. You have to play on your terms because if you're trying to out-rally him, unless your name is Rafael Nadal or prime Andy Murray, those are the only two players ever who have been on his plane physically. And you can make an argument, this version of Medvedev, hardcore, who knows what happens. He killed him in Australia, right? When we thought Medvedev had the win streak in the world. So again, that's just not the play. When you're playing Novak Djokovic, what you have to do, you got to be aggressive. You got to hit through him. And I know that's the most ridiculous thing. It's oxymoronic, paradoxical to say the way to beat Novak Djokovic is to hit through him, but that's what you have to do. Case in point, Stan Wawrinka, Delpo, Federer, they're guys with a combination of power and hubris that they're going to go down swinging, play on their terms. First two sets of the French Open, Tsitsipas going after every forehand he could. And that's not an issue for Matteo Berrettini. And we saw it for Shapovalov, too. He's 5-4-30-all. He's serving for the first set against Djokovic, has a forehand to the open court, misses it. But if he makes it, he's got a set point. And who knows where that match goes from there. The point being against Djokovic, because he is a guy who likes to get himself into the matches physically, and he'll extend rallies and play with his food a little bit before eating it, you're going to have some opportunities to attack. And so Matteo Berrettini is going to have to take advantage of those opportunities, certainly if he carries over his level from these past three weeks of grass court tennis. He's capable of doing some damage, of getting into Novak Djokovic's body, of playing front foot tennis, of capturing a set in this match and just, again, pushing Djokovic, forcing him to play his best tennis. And with all of that said, let's get to our GSP aces of the day. Let's start with the prop bets I have in mind. I talk about that serve, the prowess for Matteo Berrettini. Some numbers for all of you. 101 total aces in this uh, Wimbledon that leads the men's side. 16.83 aces per match. You look for Novak Djokovic. 63 total aces. 10.5 aces per match. But... 25 of those aces came in his first round match against youngster Jack Draper, considering we've, you know, in the other matches, Djokovic otherwise averaged 7.6 aces per match. All of that is to say, let's do the math there. And, and it's worth noting in their previous matches, they were even across aces. I was on a hard court, then on a clay court. Berrettini was plus one, but we're on a grass court now. And that amplifies the serve. And again, Berrettini's been hitting 17 aces per match. Now, it's still Novak freaking Djokovic. So let's assume he just takes five of those away by virtue of the him being the anticipation skills, the returner he is, just gets his racket on if they don't qualify as aces. That's fine. Well, Berrettini's got a six foot six wingspan as well. He's going to get his racket on some of these Djokovic serves as well. He knows Djokovic is going to be targeting that backhand. Now, Djokovic will sneak in that slice out wide on the deuce, but I think Berrettini's going to be ready for it. Again, these guys played within the past month, so there's not as many secrets. I think Berrettini's advantage on serve is just leads us to some excellent opportunities for some props. So, A, first ace of the match to Matteo Berrettini. Both he and Djokovic are minus 120 to hit the first ace. And some of this, you could argue who serves first in the match. And that's not something we can control. 
But we can control the fact that we're betting on a guy who hits 130 mile per hour serves with ease, who's averaged 16.9, uh, 16.8, excuse me, aces per match thus far in this Wimbledon. Djokovic has come out a little bit shaky in all of his matches. We saw it against Shapovalov. We saw it against Draper. We saw it repeatedly. And again, he hasn't really had to try in this 2021 Wimbledon to get to the final. I'm not saying that's not fair. He has had to try, particularly against Shapovalov. But we haven't needed to see peak Djokovic for him to get through. I think he's going to need to summon that level. And I don't think it's going to be there for him immediately early because he is 34 years old. Now, I do think it's going to be there for him whenever he's ready to turn it on four, five, six games into this match. That's why I don't want to bet on the over three and a half sets. I'm afraid of betting Djokovic or Berrettini wins set one, but Berrettini or uh, but Djokovic wins the match. I, I I'm not exactly sure how locked in Djokovic is going to be from the start. I do know the Berrettini serve is always locked in. So first ace to Berrettini minus 120. We're only throwing a quarter of a unit, 0.25 units to win 0.2. Again, we've got a lot of hedges on the line. I don't want to ruin anything. We've done all this work. Let's not give it all away on the final day. But first ace to Berrettini minus 120, 0.25 units to win 0.2. We're also going to take Berrettini minus six and a half aces over Djokovic. That's a bet on the grass court. That's a bet on how well he's been serving. That's a bet that he knows he's going to go have to go after because you look for Matteo Berrettini uh, in his match against Djokovic at the French Open. He won only 42% of his second serves, won 29% of them the first time they played. Who needs that second serve? Just go, go big on both. Go for those aces. And I think he is going to try to be more aggressive on that second serve, even if it leads to a higher double fault count. I think it notches up the ace count as well. A minus six and a half ace spread over Djokovic definitely feels high, but minus 125, let's ride with that Berrettini serve. 0.25 units to win, 0.2 overall. Those are my two prop bets. Now, I do want to offer a hedge and then a couple of other outstanding bets for all of you listeners. Let's start with the hedge. You look for Matteo Berrettini's odds. Considering how lopsided it is right now towards Novak Djokovic, I mentioned the fact you look for Djokovic coming into this match minus 550 money line to Berrettini's plus 395 given we have Djokovic on a parlay with with uh, Ashley Barty and given we have Djokovic to win at minus 125 five units to win four on the off chance Berrettini pulls off the upset tomorrow plus 395 odds if we throw one unit on that we recoup a lot of our losses. And again, it might just be handing a unit away because certainly I agree with all of you. Djokovic, the heavy favorite to win the match. He's my pick to do so. I do think he ends up winning it in four. And I just think Berrettini's going to steal a tiebreak set to go through one of those sets where he's just not broken, where he finds his rhythm on serve. Even if it's set number two, I think that is going to happen. First Grand Slam final, I think he's going to be swinging big on those serves as well, just even if it's unintentionally. But again, Berrettini at plus 395. We might as well hedge. We'll take that 395 over Djokovic on the money line. We'll throw one unit on it to win 3.95 just in case. Again, allows us to recoup some of our losses. But the other bets we have on the table, Barty did her part. If Djokovic beats Berrettini, a minus 149 parlay, one unit to win 0.67 hits. If Djokovic wins, our minus 125 future on him at the start of the tournament, five units to win four hits as well we'd be feeling good 
at the end of this Ace of the Day segment. We need Berrettini to fire with the serve. He has all tournament long. It's been one of the tournament's constants. We're going to bet on it to fire again against Djokovic, but outside of that and a hedge, we're taking Novak Djokovic. I'll take him in four sets to win the event. I just think he does such a good job of neutralizing the thing you do best, and obviously for Matteo Berrettini, that is the serve, and I do think on a grass court, he'll be helped out a little bit. That's why I think he gets to that four-set mark, and I do think he'll have some opportunities to play plus one. It doesn't matter how well Djokovic returns. The Berrettini serve is that good that regardless of who he's playing, he's going to have some opportunities to dictate. But the problem against Djokovic is the the many opportunities Berrettini had in his first six matches, they become just some opportunities because Djokovic neutralizes serves. He gets his racket on it and before you know it, that ball drops on the baseline and again he's holding he's winning eighty five percent of his first serves right now. His skill set has been amplified by this grass court. He's the only human in history who's able to slide into shots on this surface. It's a testament to his flexibility. Then again, history's on the line here. Twenty grand slams with Ty Federer and Nadal. It would keep the four slams plus an Olympic gold medal in the same season on the table. All All signs points towards a historic 2021 year for Novak Djokovic. And while I respect Matteo Berrettini, it is still his first Grand Slam title. I think there are more Grand Slam finals, uh, Grand Slam title, Grand Slam final, excuse me. I think there are more finals in his future. But I think right now it's Novak Djokovic's world, and we are all living in it. Give me Djokovic to win the match in four sets again. I think Berrettini is going to fire body serves. I think he's going to have some opportunities to attack. But Djokovic is just... Novak freaking Djokovic and the drop shots and the outer third prowess, the ability to go down the line from anywhere on the court, the ability to hit the ball anywhere at any time. He's Novak freaking Djokovic. I don't know what more analysis I can add beyond that. I mean, I I listed all the numbers, but come on. If you're listening to this podcast, you know what a prime Djokovic performance looks like. And all season long, he's been able to summon them whenever he's needed them. So give me Djokovic to win the event. But again, our aces of the day. We've got first ace of the match to Matteo Berrettini, minus 120.25 units to win point two. We've got Berrettini, minus six and a half aces over Djokovic, uh, the spread there, minus 125.25 units to win point two. We've also got a hedge on Berrettini just in case plus 395 over Djokovic one unit to win 3.95 because why not throw a hedge in there. We've also got a Barty Djokovic money line parlay. We're hoping that matriculates from yesterday and Djokovic to win the event minus 125 five units to win four. Those are your final picks for our Wimbledon edition of these GSP aces of the day. Of course if you have missed out on any of the action you want to hear a recap of the women's final or you just want to catch up on everything else that's happening in the tennis world, you can do so on our website, CrackedRackets.com. If you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at CrackedRackets. You want to message me directly, I am at GreatShotPod. A shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job they do day in, day out. A shout out as well to our friends at Turn of Tennis. Remember, contact sales at UniqueSports.com or call 800-554-3707. With that in mind, for our super producers, Fliegner and Westoff, our friends at Turn of Tennis. And from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. I hope you enjoyed the gentleman's singles final. And of course, you know what we say. Hey, great shot. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone.
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. 